Today I'm going to talk a little bit about calling and purpose. These are a couple of things that are the hallmark of my life. Um, If you know anything about me, uh, which you may not, by the way, my name is Brad Willoughby. I'm the executive pastor here. Um, I've been in this church for 20 years. Um, Since we started, I'm about to start my sixth year on staff in January. Wow, where's the time going? It's crazy. It is amazing. But what I wanted to talk about today is share some of my experiences. I have not always been a pastor in the sense of this is my vocation. This is what I do full time. Uh, I have tried to be a pastor at times, and I've, I've swung and missed a lot of times. Uh, and I want to talk about some of the things that keep us from being uh, in that relationship with God and doing the things that he asks us to do. If you'll uh, turn on your phone or grab a pew Bible, we're going to um, read in Colossians Starting in uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 17. It's been a long time since I've seen a pew Bible. Um, all right. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, Rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your instructions. I pray today, Lord, that that you would just speak through me. I pray, Father, that that your voice would be heard and not mine. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Tom talked about prayer, and I was really excited because not only was it a great message, uh, but it really kind of tees up what I want to talk about this week, which is the calling and purpose piece. Um. God wants us to pray, but he also wants us to do. Um, William Booth had a good quote that says, work as if everything depended on work and pray as if everything depended on prayer. Have you ever really wondered 
this is the existential question. Have you ever wondered, like, why am I here? Who, who am I? What am I doing? Have you ever wondered why we are here together? You know, if you think about it, in, in the, the history of the earth, God has put Riverstone Church on this corner in this city at this time in history. And there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for it. He's got things for us to do. And I believe if we can throw off the things that entangle us, the sin, the things that bother us, I think that we can see some great things happen when we partner with him. We come to Riverstone each week. We receive, we get filled up, and then we go out to give. As we come, we worship together, we hear a message, we get these tools that we need, and then God wants us to go out and do things with them. Uh, for some of you that know, uh, Nan and I, our, our oldest son, um, just left to go to school, to college. Uh, he's at Auburn. Um, yep, I knew that was, did somebody say it? I thought I heard it. I st- I'm not there yet. I'm a Georgia fan. It's just really hard. I love my son. Stop. Did you say that? That was my wife. Oh, right in the heart. Anyway. This is not today, Satan. This is the enemy coming to try to get me. Okay, so um, we, we took him to school a few weeks ago. And um, he's at Auburn. Uh, I'll put the asterisk by. He's at Auburn. They have a flight school. And so he wants to be a pilot. And so he's studying how to fly. Uh, side note, if you want to deepen your faith, send your firstborn off to college and let him fly airplanes. That's, oh my gosh, it's crazy. As he and I were driving, so we took two cars because of all the stuff, and Nan let me ride halfway with him, and then we switched. Uh, it was great to have that one-on-one time with him. Uh, but as we were going, we had to talk about how incredible this experience was going to be for him. We're going to this school that is going to equip him to do what he wants to do. Um, it's incredible what he could go receive from Auburn. But as we were talking about these things, we're driving over, and I just, I just felt the Lord say to me, you need to tell him that he has something to give Auburn. And I kind of thought, you know, when I hear things like that, I'll unpack some of this later, but I struggle with that, you know, really strong confidence at times. It's not like something that really comes easy for me. And so when I hear things like that, it's hard for me to convey that to people. I believe it. I know it. I feel it. And I see it in his life that he does have something to offer. And so I just said, hey, bud, I I just feel like the Lord is saying that I need to tell you that you're going to Auburn. And as we talk about all the things that you're going to get, God wants you to know that as his child, you've got something to give there. And it may be to a handful of people. It may be to one person. But know that you have a purpose there that's not just to sit back and receive John 14, 12 through 14 says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. The scripture is for any believer. It's for all of us that believe. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. If we have faith in God, we can do even greater things. As I said before, it's really hard for my earthly mind to process that. I mean, who, does anybody else struggle with that? Like, hey, you will do greater things than Jesus did. It's hard for me to accept. It's hard for me to understand. Uh, my life story has been a, a healing process of doubting myself and struggling at times with confidence. It's difficult to believe me for me to believe that I could do things that Jesus did or even greater things. But that leads me on this, this question that I want to ask you guys. 
what keeps us for doing the what keeps us from doing the great things for God, the things that He has for us, the things that He has in our life. I'm going to list a few that that I feel like the Lord wanted me to highlight. The first one is worldly influence. This is just thinking as the world wants us to. I could pull up the Drudge Report right now and depress everybody with the headlines. You literally will feel like the world is about to end by the time we walk out of the building. Like you're going to walk out and just see the cloud, you know, the mushroom cloud. And, you know, we submit ourselves to that and we give into it. Um, There's a 24-hour news cycle that we meditate on. And I want to caution you on this because this happened to me. If you do that, if you don't spend the appropriate time with the Lord in relation to the time that you spend reading the news, you will lose your love for people. You will lose your love for people. I did it. It started to happen to me. It's a political spirit. It's a divisive spirit that is wrecking our society. And I want you to, I want you to know that you have the power to just go click. I'm not watching that. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand. I'm not saying stop knowing what's going on. You know, because that's one of our greatest fears. I don't know what's going on. I can't talk about these things. But go first to the Lord, then go to the news if you're going to go to the news. Let, let him show you how he wants you to see it instead of you getting your flesh involved in it. You're going you're gonna to be told that everything, every person here is a statistic. You are categorized into this group, that group, that group, this group, that group. And it is wrecking our foundation. It's wrecking our society. I bought into it. I started seeing people as statistics. I started seeing people as people groups that I was being told they were, and not how God wants me to see them. And it's very dangerous. God's res- restoring me in that. Uh, who was here when Sean Bowles came a few weeks ago? That was a great night. I was looking through my notes a couple weeks ago as I was preparing for the sermon. And y'all remember him saying this? You won't have authority over what you don't love. That hit me. I kind of forgot he said it that night because he said a lot that night. Um, But I forgot that he said that. And so as I was preparing and going through those notes, I felt like the Lord brought me back to that for this reason. That was me. He's restoring that love in me, though. Praise him for that. The other thing I want to talk about is fear. Fear is a killer. Uh, Fear has kept me from so much that God intended you know, uh, somebody asked me this morning, we were getting ready for the service. They said, are you nervous? And I was like, I don't know how to even convey to you how nervous I am. Like, I am, I am testing the bounds of deodorant. Like, there are, there are, you know, they say that like nervous fear produces a different smell. Well, I think it does. Um, I know it does. But seriously, fear is a killer. Fear is that silent killer that keeps us from the things that God has for us. I've battled with that as well. Uh, Dan Moeller, who I love, says this. You have no authority over the things that you fear. You have nothing to fear. You are never going to die. As believers, we are assured of eternity. We are assured of a eternity. I've told Nan this before. I feel like we're going to get to heaven and we're just going to sit around and laugh about what a big deal we made over our earthly lives from the impact of I'm so stressed, I'm so worried, I'm so scared, I'm so this. And I'm saying this to you as somebody that battles fear 
constantly. You know, when you get up here and you speak, and especially if Tom's out there taking notes, he's, he's hard to follow. It is hard to follow Tom. Tom can give you an ABC sermon that is so deep and so profound. And I sit out there and I'm just like, I got, I got next week. I got the coveted day before school starts back from fall break slot. Just kidding. Um, but it, it preys into your fears. It starts to prey into your insecurities. And what I want to tell you is it doesn't matter. The Lord said, you're not Tom. You're you. So don't compare yourself to other people. Okay? We have to get past that. All right, another one. And this is a touchy one. I will tell you as a father, as a husband, as somebody that loves family and believes all that God intended family to be, lack of margin is killing the body of Christ. We don't have time, we don't have money, we don't have energy, because everything is consuming all of our resources, okay? I just want to say this, and I will probably fit this into every time I talk. You have got to understand you're not powerless over what you give your resources to. You have, an, you have an ability to choose what you give your, your time, your energy, your money, all of that stuff to. If this is an opportunity for you, an area of opportunity, partner with the Lord and ask him what he wants you to do with your resources. Lay them at his feet and ask him to direct those for you. Okay, this is the touchy one, but this is something we got to talk about. It's sin. It is sin just straight up. Um, we live in a very permissible society. Um, and and as, as, we, as we look around, as we see what's going on, sin is being redefined as acceptable. But by making it common does not make it right. We can't just go, well, two billion people are doing this. It's okay. It's not okay. And we have to understand that there is a holy God that loves us and wants better for us. If we truly want a deeper sense of God's presence in our lives, we should confess our sin to God and look to him to not only to forgive, to, but to restore us. I know that there's been times in my life when I've been stuck in sin and God seems so distant. It's like he's not even real. It's like, his pre- it's like you can't even get close to him, but that's a lie. You can. He's waiting right there for you. When you're in relationship with Jesus, you're not defined by your sin You were defined by your birthright as a son or daughter of the king. You were not the sum of your choices. If you feel stuck, if you know there's something you need to repent of, today's the day. Don't don't wait. Don't let that hold you prisoner anymore. I talked a little bit about, you know, this feeling that I've had in my life of feeling unqualified or feeling less than. When I, was, uh, when I was growing up, you know, and this is the same today, you, you feel like you're, you're looked at in a certain way for whatever reason. So whatever your choices are, whether you're, uh, whether you're not good at school or good at school helps define who you are and give you confidence or give you a lack of confidence. Um, I never played on any winning sports teams. That weighs on you. You feel like, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. Uh, I struggled in school. Back then, you know, ADD is a thing. I think in the 70s, it was like just, you're going to get a spanking. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to work harder. Um, 
But I think that maybe I had something. I just remember in class a lot of times just daydreaming about not being in school. Was that ADD? If it was, I had it. Um, I didn't want to be there. Um, And also, if I'm being real, um, I saw everything through the lens of lack. Everything. Uh, There was an earthly relationship that I wanted with my dad that I wasn't getting, and it impacted me greatly. So when I was 16, um, we were at, um, I, I grew up in a kind of weird thing. My parents were just like, if you just go to church, it's fine. doesn't matter if it's with us. So we went to a church in Marietta, but there was another church in Marietta that had a basketball court with a wood floor. Um, another church had one with a carpet floor. That's not good for playing basketball on. We were thankful for it, but if you fall, <laughs> whew, it is hot. Um, one day, my friends and I went to the church with the wood floor, and um, we were, I was early, and I was waiting on these guys to come and play, and there was a guy in there that uh, was just shooting baskets, and he started talking to me, and he said, hey, do you have a game? And I said, yeah, we got a game. I got some friends coming. Would you like to play? And he said, I'd love to. And um, it was Tom. Tom Tanner had moved into Marietta and was a new youth pastor at the church with the carpet floor. And he was at the church with the wood floor because he knows. But I want to I tell you guys, um, Tom, if you're out here, <laughs> that chance meeting changed the trajectory of my entire life. So as a guy that was lacking a relationship with his dad, wanting a relationship with his dad desperately, we look to other things to fill these voids in our lives. And my identity, the enemy was speaking my identity over me. You're not good enough. You're not this. You have nothing to offer, blah, 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 blah. And when I met Tom, it changed everything. And so as he began to share the Lord with me, I became a Christian. And then after that, I went to college for a little bit and ADD kicked in. And I was like, I don't want to do this. So I quit college. And I had time though, and this, was, this is critical and I want you parents to hear this. Uh, Not everybody fits through the same trajectory. Not everybody goes through the same path, okay? Anyway, Nan and I are doing a parenting class. That might or might not come up then. Um, But your kids are unique. They have different things that they're going to do, and it doesn't all look the same for everybody. So back to this. So Tom invested in me deeply. Uh, We became close friends I became kind of his right-hand guy to do youth stuff and started doing youth stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just hanging out with kids, and I loved being around somebody that cared about me. It was amazing. So one night, he says, uh, next week, we're going to do this event. I don't know if Melissa remembers this. She probably does. So we're going to do this event. We're going to a uh, a kid's home in Decatur, and we're going to speak to these kids. And I'm like, oh, man, seriously? Like, why can't we just, like, hang out or play or whatever? And so Tom and I went through this kind of thing of, like, this is, this is all of my insecurity just on display with him. And I just said, like, I, I just, I, okay, I'll go, but I don't, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to offer these kids. And he goes, and he was so good to me. He just said, just come. It'll, it'll be fine. And Tom's got that, you know it. He's got that, like, just everything's going to be okay (laughs) kind of vibe no matter what which is amazing but he just said just come and let's go and I said okay I'm literally going okay I'll go 
And so we go the whole ride over. I'm anxious. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say, what am I going to say? And I'm trying to write it out in my, in my mind. Just memorize a script. Memorize something that I can just get up and go, hey, yeah, all right, God's awesome. Okay, who's next? Um, and so we get there and our team spoke and they did a great job. And it gets down literally to me. And it's so evident that I'm the last one that has not said anything, and I'm the biggest, and I'm the oldest, so it's like, hey, what's wrong with that guy? And so Tom's, Tom's about three people down from me, and I remember just kind of like looking down and then looking back and then kind of looking down, and I just remember looking back and seeing his face, like, just looking, like, okay, just say something. But he knew that God is faithful, and he knew that God had something for me. I didn't believe it myself. I stand up, it's out-of-body experience, kind of like now, and I'm standing there, and I just kind of go, I don't want to let Tom down, and so I just started talking, and I remember, it's like the movies where you're on the, you know, on the table in the hospital, and you're like up above looking at yourself, and you're conscious, and you're aware of stuff, but you don't have any control over it, and I just began to almost preach, and I remember as I kind of looked across the room, like a professional speaker does, I see his face just kind of looking at me, and he's just going. <laughs> and I, it was the most incredible thing I'd ever experienced in my Christian life at that time. It was so powerful to me. And he grabbed my arm at the end of it, and he said, never forget this. Never forget this moment. And after that, we unplugged it and started talking about what that meant. The Holy Spirit showed up in power. And it was a time for me to go, okay, God, this is so not about me. This is you and only you. And it helped me to start this process of just letting go and letting God do what he wanted to do through me. Purpose, calling. Tom believed in me way before I did. And God believed in me even before he did. Tom was doing what a lot of believers do. I know he was a youth pastor and that was his job, but I'll tell you, I've seen Tom off hours. He never stops. It never stops. He wants the lost to know the Lord. No matter what you think makes you feel unworthy or unqualified, Jesus wants you to know that he is so much greater than your lack. So much greater. Trust Jesus. Rely on him to be strong for you. Be sons and daughters. It's not about us, it's about him. An extraordinary God who does things through ordinary people to bring glory to himself. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we love you so much. And I just pray, Father, um, especially I just, I just see families that are inundated with all of the things that are going on in the world, Lord. I just pray for space in their lives for you. I pray, Father, that there's a, there's a myriad of things on this that we didn't even cover about what to say or about the things that keep us from you that I never even said, Lord. There's, there's thousands of things. But the bottom line is this, Lord. It's a barrier, and we want all those barriers removed. God, we want to be submitted to you. We want to be a church that is a city on a hill that sits on this corner and has influence over those around us for your name and for your kingdom. And so God, I pray during this ministry time, I pray that we would let go of the things 
that keep us from running the race that you've intended. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.